Our lesson today comes from John chapter 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and he had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. It was not an ordinary crowd that had gathered. This crowd had seen things that they would not forget. This crowd had experienced things that had changed them forever. They had seen death. They had stood weeping and wailing outside of their friend's tomb. They had wrapped him in burial cloths, kissed his face, and said goodbye. They had held his sisters in their arms, brought food to the grieving family and extra tissues, and they had cried a thousand tears. No, this was not an ordinary crowd. This crowd had seen death. But they had seen something more, too. They had seen Jesus. Jesus, who came and stood with the grieving family who wept alongside Mary and Martha. Jesus, who stood next to the closed tomb of their friend and neighbor and dared to say, roll the rock away. Jesus, who even dared to invite the crowd to participate in all of it. Yes, indeed, this was not an ordinary crowd. They had seen death. And then they saw life. And since then, they couldn't stop talking about it. They told everyone they met about what they had seen. And so when Jesus gathered on the roadside and was coming into Jerusalem, they gathered with urgency and passion and hope, crying out the words, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us, save us. This crowd had seen Jesus and they knew exactly what he could do, that he could indeed save you. They knew that he wouldn't leave a grieving, cry, a grieving person alone but would cry with you and that out of a rotting grave he would call you and to a crowd that had gathered they would, he would say, unbind him. And when they unbound him, they become, became unbound as well. So they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, save us. On Saturday, they marched with t-shirts and signs, enough, never again, not one more. We are marching for our lives, they called, and they did. 
The march was led by children 18 and under. The adults were told to go to the side and hang back. This is a march for the kids. It's led by them. Let them lead. But they didn't march or gather alone in that crowd. No, young and old gathered, male and female, black and brown and white, they gathered together. The children who led the march shared one thing in common. All of these students had at one point huddled behind desks and closed doors for lockdown drills in their schools, regularly getting ready just in case. Just in case this might be the day. Just in case there might be an attack. Just in case they might join that long line of schools that had experienced the unthinkable, the unimaginable, but the all-too-real reality of gun violence. Their leaders who were the loudest were were youth who who led wise beyond their years. They were no longer ordinary high school students. These were youth who had seen things that they would never forget. These were youth who had experienced things that would change them forever. These were youth who had seen death. They had stood weeping and wailing at their classmates' funerals. They had said goodbye, buried friends, and cried a thousand tears. They had seen death. And now... They see hope. As they cried, enough, never again, not one more, we could almost replace their litany with these words, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, save us. For this is a crowd that knows what it means to be saved. We can change things, our youth told us. We won't stop until something is different. Save us, they yell. And the ones who are yelling are the ones who know exactly what it means to be saved, for they are survivors. They have seen death, and they know exactly what saving looks like, and they know what saving feels like. And as people who have been saved, they are all the more urgent and all the more passionate and all the more hopeful that all might be saved. No, neither crowd is ordinary, the one that gathered with Jesus as he entered Jerusalem for that final crown, nor the one that gathered around our nation yesterday. Their cries are hard to ignore, their pleading and their expectations, their hurt and their hope, they cause us to listen and to pay attention and wonder what their cries might mean for us and for our world. When we think about that Palm Sunday celebration that you all reenacted, it is so easy to believe that that crowd that gathered was large and glorious, that they came in beauty and pageantry, and that it was bigger than the Macy Day Parade. Because that's what we make it oftentimes in the church. It's fun to reenact. It's fun to celebrate. It's fun to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, and not really pay attention to what those words really mean, that we too were crying, save us, save us this morning. But the crowd that gathered that day with Jesus was indeed the same crowd that had been there at Lazarus' tomb. And this was not a big crowd. 
It wasn't a crowd that had been able to broadcast that this march was happening. They didn't have social media or television to get the word out. Instead, when they heard Jesus was coming, they moved quickly and spontaneously, and they started to shout their words, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of the Jews. Jesus wasn't even ready. Did you notice that? In our gospel this morning, unlike the other gospels where Jesus has the disciples gathering his donkey and he's lined up and ready to go, the people are shouting and celebrating and Jesus has to go get the donkey. Whoa! He's got to catch up. He wasn't ready for it. And so he does indeed see these people shouting for him and to him, Hosanna, Hosanna, and he gets on a donkey and he joins their march. He rides through the streets listening to their cries. And in his quiet way, he gives them an answer. See, the donkey that he rides is an answer unto itself of their cries. He doesn't come on a war horse with his sword drawn to go into battle, but he comes on a donkey, a sign of peace, a sign of humility. A sign that says that the war is over, in a sense. And he rides without any words, but in complete silence, allowing their cries, their words, to be the ones that all of us heal. And we know that it is in quiet humility that Jesus will indeed answer their cries and save us. Save us. It won't stay peaceful in the city for long, but not because of Jesus. Others will be threatened by his empty hands and his humble donkey. They will be threatened as they often are by crowds and shouts of people who dare to gather, who dare to hope, who dare to think that they can change the world. They will be threatened by Jesus' way of peace. And it seems indeed as if the whole world has gone after him. And so as the crowds shout, save us, save us, others gather to fight against him to make sure that they won't change us. As the crowd gathers in strength and peace and hope, others will gather with weapons and make up lies to make sure those who cry, save us, save us, will not change us. And in the end, they will use their own words against him. They said he was the king of the Jews. Blasphemy. If we listen closely, we know already that there are crowds that are responding to the parade that happened yesterday, that there are already voices that are gathering to have another opinion, saying things like, they are too young, they don't know, they don't understand. Go back to school, walk up, not out. Notice the kids on the margins. Be their friends. Stop bullying. And to their parents, they say, parent better. Teach your kids respect. Then we won't need marches. Then we won't need parades. Then we won't need to be saved. Or so we hope. But we do. We do need to be saved, all of us. We need to be saved those shouting in the parade and those who want to, be si- want to silence it. 
We all need to be saved, saved from ourselves, saved from our fears, saved from our hurts and our griefs, saved from the very idea that power and might will win the day, saved from the belief that anyone who doesn't agree with me is my enemy and is wrong, saved from racism and injustice, saved from hate and hunger, saved from death. We need to be saved. So what do we do, brothers and sisters in Christ, as we listen to the crowds that have gathered, these unordinary crowds that know things that they will never not know, who have experienced things that they will never forget? How do we listen to their cries of save us, save us? Could we perhaps not feel threatened but instead convicted? Could we actually dare to join this unusual crowd who has seen both life and death, both fear and hope, and join in their cries, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us? And could we dare to follow this humble king on his donkey and believe that his way of peace and love just might do exactly that? Save us. Save us. Amen.